0: If there is ever an opportunity for you to do a presentation to represent your area, to represent your company, whatever it may be, raise your hand and take that opportunity to do it. It is important. And it's, I think it's, it's great for exposure. Certain people in your company, they need to know how much mastering you have over your area or over the business. And From that, that's where additional opportunities are going to come.
1: Fierce Lab is a podcast series for women. It's powered by the Tara Wilson Agency, the agency that gets women. It's a space to focus on our whole selves, from mental health to career development to financial intelligence. To be fierce is to be confident, capable, and strong. Fierce Lab offers inspiration, tools, and community. It's where we can explore new ideas and encourage discovery. Here, trying something new is celebrated. No one has it all figured out, but together, we can step fiercely into what's next. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fierce Lab. I am Tara Wilson, your host, and today I am joined by Robin Helfler. She is the COO, CFO of Casper Sleep, and she has spent the bulk of her career as a consumer products professional. I am so excited to talk to Robin today about career development and the advice that she would give her younger self. Robin was also a panel speaker at Fierce Lab Live this past fall. And so, hi, Robin. I am so glad to get to talk one-on-one with you.
0: Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm thrilled to get this time for this one-on-one conversation and to really extend what we were having an opportunity to chat about at Fierce Lab Live. You sat on one of our financial intelligence panels. And being that you have run so many incredible businesses You have this rich knowledge and experience to share with our community, and so it's great to have you here. So let's just kind of dig right in, and let's kind of start high level, just where you are today. Share with our audience what it means to be the COO and CFO of a major corporation.
0: Sure. You are responsible for all of the operational and financial aspects of the business, so that typically means finance, accounting, all of the supply chain, logistics, all of those areas of the business. And it, what I love about the areas and those functions is that it gives me the right to have alongside the CEO and the leadership team to have a bird's eye view of the business, not just being involved in the particular functions that roll up to me. It's you have the responsibility and the right to look across the entire business and really be involved in everything and also the expectation that I am a valued business partner. It's my responsibility to be adding value to the business, you know, me and my teams, of course, each and every day.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And what I loved that you said is you get this bird's eye view of the entire business. And at Fierce Lab, one of our key pillars is financial intelligence. And we often talk about the skill sets that you learn in the business environment can apply to your personal life as well. We say it's important to know your numbers. And I know that comment really resonates with you as well.
0: You know, I always say, like, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And as you said, Tara, that does apply personally as well. You have to know what's going on in in the business, what's going on personally in terms of what are your inflows, what are your outflows, and how do you best optimize um, each one of those things?
1: Mm -hmm. And what do you tell a young woman who maybe like the numbers aren't her thing. And she says, "I'm not a numbers person. I don't like to get in the weeds with my finances. I mean, we've heard it all, right? I defer that to someone else within my household. What do you say to that woman?
0: I would say, like many things that my that I would advise, you know, the the members of Fierce Lab, you need to have people around you who are very good with the numbers, who will help you get more comfortable with the numbers you need to leverage resources and realize that you are not in this alone and also you know and it's funny i i once worked for someone he may have said this 25 years ago numbers are our friends and everything ends up resulting or coming out in the numbers so you have to find a way to get comfortable and if you are not great at that again have people around you and in your network who can help you along the way to get more comfortable, and you'll see that it's not as scary, you know, yeah. as yeah. you think.
1: And I have found that if I look at them more frequently, and I don't have to do a lot with them, but I have to stay on top of my numbers. Be it that I sit down with my cash flow worksheet every week, so that I know my cash flow, my inflows, and my outflows. I'm making sure that I'm looking at my bank statements every month. I'm reconciling that information. And I do have support as well. I work with a team that helps me handle the more granular tasks that are not my favorite, but at least have learned, hey, These are the high-level numbers that I need to be keeping an eye on. I have a dashboard, if you will, with kind of those key metrics that I need to be looking at. And I will share that sometimes I'm making like almost like a cheat sheet in the margins saying, okay, this number means this, and you want this number to be within this range. And It's just so that I feel better when I'm looking at these spreadsheets. I know what I'm looking for and I'm not having to make sure that I'm recalling it every time on my own. There's no shame in having that support and whatever that looks like. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. I think that's great. And honestly, it's the same thing for me outside of my comfort zone and my functions It's whether maybe it's uh, talking about creative for marketing. That's clearly not my area of expertise, but maybe I need to make those notes in the margins, as you said, Tara, to be more comfortable, but you still need to understand that element of the business. And it's the same thing after the numbers, even more important.
1: Yeah. You can hire a professional. You can find a family or friend who it is a strength of theirs and ask for their support and help and really like bolster yourself up when it comes to the numbers. But I loved that you said numbers are our friends. Numbers are our friends. And when we know the numbers, we can be even more empowered. So Robin, I know when we were prepping for our podcast, we talked a lot about your experience in joining us at Fierce Lab Live. And you remarked that you recognize that a lot of our community is thinking about how they're progressing their careers. They're looking down the road and utilizing the power of networking for one thing. And so I wanted to kind of start out by asking, what kinds of things did you do early in your career to help you progress what were you deliberate about
0: so first you want to be using that word deliberate you want to be deliberate about the people who you are surrounding yourself with or you are trying to connect yourself to at work you want to be working with people who are who you admire who are passionate about the business and are positive people because that is infectious and that's going to transfer uh, to you and your happiness at the company. You want to try to get as much experience as you can in the role that you're in and that is not only like within your sphere. That goes beyond your direct role and goes to other functions as well, which if you're really good at what you do, you know, you are you're curious And you can do that because it's going to make you more valuable in the role that you're in and more valuable to the business. You want to look at your career like a chessboard and that each move or each project is a move on the board. And you may not know where you want to be in 5, 10, or 20 years, but I always knew like what interested me, what did I wanna learn, what got me excited. So I think that's a way to consider the things that you're working on or what you're going to raise your hand to work on. And to remember that you are always like, it's always an opportunity to make a positive impression. World, I say like the world is your stage. So even when you don't think that you're on, you are on. And I wake up in the morning and I say, you know, what am I going to do today? And this is even early on in my career, no matter how small, what impact am I going to make today in the business? Make every day count. When, When your name comes up in a room, you want for people to say that person is
1: not only the sizzle, but they're the steak. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. You gave a lot of tips in a quick amount of time. And I want to go back to your analogy of viewing your career like a chessboard and the fact that you say you may not know all the moves that you're going to make, but you are thinking about those next moves and the end goals. And we're recording this at the end of 2022. And a lot of women in our community are thinking about goal setting. They're thinking about what they want to accomplish in 2023. They're looking back to what they've done this year. And I'd be curious to know, what does goal setting and reflection look like for you? And has that evolved over time?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, typically, and I'd say as I've progressed through my career, your goals are They are like higher level in nature, if that makes sense, but they always come from the strategy of the business. There is, you know, a strategy in the business, and then there are pillars to deliver against the strategy. So for me, I set my goals and then my team has their goals that are tied into those pillars. And then, in terms of reflecting against that, it's you know you always you want to pick things that are specific. They say SMART goals, like specific, measurable, relevant. There are other acronyms mm-hmm. for it.
1: Actionable, mm-hmm.
0: Actionable things timely, that, that have teeth. I say that are yes, timely exactly. And I look back and say, what happened here? Was I able to accomplish what I wanted to? But that being said, sometimes you may not have because the business is, you know, things change in a business on a daily basis. So there may have been other things that came up that were priorities for the business. You shouldn't knock yourself for that if you weren't able to deliver against the goals. But that may be an opportunity as you're looking into 2023 to take something that you didn't get done in 22 and talk to your manager and get it into 2023. Another thing is to say where you may have ideas and you know places in the business that you see as opportunity areas or gaps. So have that conversation with your manager and make a suggestion for what you want to work on. And I always try to have one goal that's about, personal development about something where like you really are stretching it's above and beyond your everyday role and pushing yourself and saying, you know, things that you may be a little scared to do. It's okay to have that conversation with your manager and try to get that opportunity or that goal onto the docket for next year. That's about continuing to learn and grow.
1: Yeah, I like that, Robin. I like the idea of stretching yourself and having at least one thing that pulls you out of your comfort zone and pushes you, stretches you, as you say. I wanna go back to the first part of your advice and guidance for goal setting where you were talking about building your goals against the strategy of the business. And so as I think about our community at Fierce Lab, we have a lot of women in our community who are at the early stages to mid-stages of their career. And for those young women who are in the early stages, that may sound really overwhelming to build their own goals against the company's goals when maybe they don't even really know what those are. And so my advice and tip there really is to lean into having those conversations with your managers, that upline leadership level, to say and to admit, hey, I know some. these are some of our big initiatives, our big goals for next year, but I'm really struggling to understand how I can pull those apart and relate that specifically to what I do here. Can you help me think through some things that I could put in my plan and my development that helps the company reach their goals? But also allows me to achieve some things that I want to achieve, some professional development that's important to me. And if you're all right with this, I'd like to share here are and then name two, three things that you want to develop in yourself. And it goes back to your point about a chessboard. It's understanding certain skill sets are needed and abilities are needed to get you to that. Level down the line. And if you don't know what those are, it's okay to ask that too, right, Robin?
0: Absolutely. I love everything that you've said. I will tell you that the best managers are going to tell you, as their direct report, what are those pillars, you know, what are the strategic pillars, and then try to bring it down to the role that you're in so that you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. You may or may not be fortunate enough to have a manager who does that, but I think everything that you said is spot on. And to me, having an employee who wants to take that initiative and is showing that they wanna understand how they fit into the bigger picture in the company and they wanna do something that stretches them, that is a very positive reflection
1: on that. Mm. Employee. Mm. That I think that's great. And I love that you pointed out that great managers will be able to help you see how this trickles down and impacts you as an individual. And, you know, it's often this time of year that we're doing employee reviews and setting ourselves up for the new year and for what we're working toward. But if your company isn't doing that, then taking the time to do it on your own and elevate that conversation to a manager. is valuable and important. And then stretching yourself, putting yourself out there to have at least one stretch goal for the new year. Let's talk about building connections. You feel strongly that networking and building relationships and refining your connections to people are really important to the growth in your career. You've seen it impact you personally. You also have daughters who are starting to enter the workforce as well and it's important you're seeing it there and you're giving them that advice. So, put your hat on and give your advice to our community about how they go about building connections. What's important there?
0: Sure. So, yeah. I mean, um I would say it's it's important to make connections inside out, and outside of your company. It's a bit easier. We can go into some ways to do it inside the company. Leveraging the network of Fierce Lab is an example of leveraging an outside network. The, the beauty is that once you make those connections, if there is something that that person in the network thinks may be of interest to you, they are going to pose it to you. And by the way, it really goes both ways. It's a, you know, vice versa. It's a, it is a two-way street. In overall, I would not also, I wouldn't discount male connections versus female connections. Along the way for me, it was never a deliberate thing to say, you know, there is a higher level female who has made it. I need to connect because she's, you know, female. It's, it should be like sex agnostic. It should just be people who you want to be around, who you admire, who you want to learn and grow, you know, from. So I just want to be clear on that. You know, it's funny because the reason I place so much emphasis on connections is because there's so much change in the world. Every day, you know, businesses are changing. Ownership of the business may change. People may change, but the connections, those contacts, withstand the test of time, and no one can take that away from you. So that's one of the the things that I wanted to point out. And you should be, you know, feel free to leverage those connections in the future. There's no shame, in anything, but you need to balance being deliberate about making the connections and being having it not be forced. It needs. Be genuine and that, you know, that will come through. It should not be a stressful or a forced situation. It's all for your benefit and for the benefit of the person who you're making, you know, a contact with.
1: I was speaking to some seniors from SMU in Dallas recently, and that question about forcing relationships came up in this way. A young woman was sharing that she's trying to understand that balance, that dance of how do I connect with people, show them I'm interested, but then not be overly bearing, overly pushy. And I think your earlier point about authenticity really plays into that of if you have a genuine connection with someone, a, a common interest or you're genuinely interested in what it is that they do. And I think people are often flattered with, wow, I'm really impressed by your hobby or impressed by the work that you've done, you know, whatever that happens to be. And then staying in touch with that. I call it the drip method. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you've heard me talk about it, about dripping on people. But it's that staying in touch. And it's, You've got to trust your gut on this, I do believe. You'll know if you're getting in touch with someone too often or you're asking too much of them versus, wow, I haven't reached out to that person in a while. Or maybe they pop up in your feed in some way, like on LinkedIn. That's a perfect time to just be like, hey, I I saw XYZ that you just did. I just wanted to pop in and say hello. And the other thing that I love to do to stay connected, especially when I've sought someone's advice, is to come back to them and share how their advice is being reflected in my own life, in my own work, what's happening. And I usually just start it by, I wanted to give you a quick update since we spoke last. Here's what's going on.
0: Yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think to your point, it's a huge compliment to be able to go back to someone in the network and say, wow, because you were part of my network or you were in my life in some way, shape or form, this is the difference that you made for me. So to me, there's no, there's nothing that's more um, powerful and nothing that's stronger. And I think the fact that today we, I think that um, today's professionals are much more fortunate. They have a LinkedIn. They have a Facebook, they have an Instagram, all things that when I was rising up in the ranks, I did not have that benefit. So I think if anything today, we have many more things that enable us to be able to reach out and to not only have that you know personal focus but to have that external outward focus.
1: Yeah. And it's so much easier today than ever before to connect with someone and to build rapport and to develop those relationships and get to people, you know? I think about early on in my own career it was very hard to reach people. Now, I will tell you that now that most people many people are officing from home, have a hybrid environment, big business has done away with a lot of their landlines. Cell phone numbers aren't published places. It is a little tougher to track people down if you want to get them on the phone. But you can do a lot of guessing when it comes to an email address, right, to get in somebody's inbox. But it is easier to reach people than ever before. And people, I think, are receptive to these connections. And I think... In general, most people want to be valuable and helpful, especially to someone who's building their career. So what if someone's looking to make a connection, whether it's inside or outside the business, what specific tips do you have? Like I've said that I have my drip method. And especially now, as I mentioned, this hybrid environment, what have you seen that's working Because I know you're an in-demand COO, CFO, and I think that you've got women who are reaching out that want to connect with you. So what are you finding that's working?
0: I mean, I think there are a multitude of ways to get connected with people. I think first, whether it's someone who you're working with in your company or not, you know, if it is something that's face-to-face, reach out. Asked to have lunch with someone, I'll say, I'll call it in the old days. So, you know, earlier on in my career, it was, you know, asking to have lunch with people who maybe I didn't work directly with them at my company, but I just wanted to learn more about them, learn what they were doing and develop that, you know, that relationship. With if you are working remote, you can set, you know, schedule a one-on-one on Zoom, with someone. And it may not even just be to network. It could be because you really need their help. You want to work through an issue or a problem with them. There's, there's so much benefit to doing that. And I think when I look back on like my strongest relationships and connections, it was working through a stressful and like difficult business issues but getting through that with the other person and, you know, the relationship becomes stronger and you really get to know the person. You mentioned also, you know, we were talking about LinkedIn and you people in this network or that network. What you can do is you can, if you're in a network with someone, Tara, And then you can look at that person's connections and maybe you want an introduction. I've definitely had people ask me for that. And I've been more than happy to connect one person to the other so that they can Mm -hmm. then get where they, where they wanted to be or meet, meet that person. Another tactic that worked when I was 100% remote at a company was something called a Slack bot. And it was something that the company promoted. And every Friday, like at five o'clock, there was, I would get a Slack bot and it would be someone in the company and we would have a half hour together to learn about each other. And if we did not have that, then we would not, you know, I probably would never have had been fortunate enough to have interacted with the person. So those are all things you can do. And then of course, if you are a member of Fierce Lab, go to the networking events you know, you're going to meet people. I went to, you know, the Fierce Lab Networking event, I met people, and now I consider them to be a part of my network. And and when something comes up down the road, and I think that there's going to be a fit, I'm going to introduce those people. So Yeah, that's what well, thank great. you for
1: that plug. I appreciate it. And we, <laughs> we love having you as part of our community. And I do think that that is really one of the major benefits and power of fierce lab in the community that we are building is that there is this sense of intimacy this sense of connection and access and that has always been important to me I often talk with young women who didn't go to an Ivy League school didn't come from a family that has a lot of connections and those are questions they're asking me is you know can I still do all the great things and how do I advance and get further down the line and and I, having heard that so often, have felt like it's such an, a vital part of what we provide to the women in our community is this ability to have access to other women who've gone before them who we recently on one of our social media posts described it as think of us like that older, cool friend who's got all the great connections and gives you really great advice. That's who we are at Fierce Lab. So, Robin, I want to ask you what do you think about recognition as you're building your career? How vital is it that you're being recognized for the work that you're doing within your own organization and outside of that? What does that look like for career building?
0: Sure. So, that is extremely important, Tara, like insanely important. I would say if there is ever an opportunity, you to do a presentation to represent your area, to represent your company, whatever it may be, raise your hand and take that opportunity to do it. It is important. And it's I think it's it's great for exposure. Certain people in your company, they need to know how much mastery you have over your area, or over the business. And from that, that's where additional opportunities are going to come because that really was the case for me. There were additional functions or areas of the business that were given to me that if I had not had that exposure to senior leadership, I would never have secured those opportunities. So it is really important and it may feel stressful when you do it, Practice makes perfect. I remember, like, one of my first presentations, I was a scared rabbit. I mean, I still remember I was so scared. But if the, you know, you just keep practicing and practicing, and then you say, you know, no one's out to get me if I do this presentation. They're really just here to understand my area of the business or to get a certain amount of information. And it, it is really important so that you get that recognition. I'd say also if you ever have an opportunity to work cross functionally with another, with areas outside of your function, or if you have the opportunity to take on another report for managerial experience, take that opportunity. The key is to continue to learn, to continue to grow and try to stretch yourself. But in a way that feels good for you, work should be fulfilling. Work should not be all consuming. So, you know, it's balancing those things. And I say that, and you talk about recognition, only you can drive your career. And it's your responsibility to do that. It's not your bosses. It's not your mentors. It's you. But that should feel good, too, because that gives you control and you are in the driver's seat of your career. And I think when you put it that way and it's back to that like chessboard and trying to be a bit deliberate, then to me, when you're in control, that's a good thing. You're not having others control you.
1: Yeah. I love that you brought up about raising your hand to present. And, you know, we hear it also said is take a seat at the table. We get the advice that when you're in the meeting, be prepared to speak up. And your point is oftentimes when you're presenting about your area of expertise, you need to remember that, yes, you are the expert and you may not feel like, oh, I'm the expert or the authority, but you compared to your peers who aren't the subject matter expert in the company, you are the expert and that you're right, no one is out to get you. And I, I'd like to remind someone, it was a great piece of advice that I received is that when you're presenting, if you're asked a question that you don't have the answer to, don't let that slow you down. Just be like, that's a great question. I'm gonna need to get back to you on that period. You don't have to hang out. Well, um, I, I don't know. And gosh, don't let it derail you. And to your point, practice. Oh, absolutely. Be ready to go into that meeting. You don't have to be perfect, but you definitely want to be prepared. And speaking of preparation, when we were preparing for this podcast, you mentioned something to me I loved. High risk, but high reward. What does that mean? And can you give a bit more color around it?
0: so even in terms of volunteering to present it's easier to be the person who's you know watching and not have to do the preparation and not have to be under the quote unquote i'll say you know in the hot seat right but when you put yourself out there have confidence in yourself have confidence in your abilities and when you put yourself out there that's when and when you're you know you're like pushing yourself whether it's that one goal that we talked about earlier that's you know a bit outside of your function that's where you're going to be recognized and all it takes is one person to recognize your potential and to really like pull you through to see that potential and pull you through to the next level and give you something that you don't really think and this has happened to me where i didn't really think i was ready for something And I didn't want it. I said, I don't want the extra responsibility, but thank goodness I moved forward and I took it and then I was able to do it. And you don't have to have all the answers to your earlier point. It's okay. And that's why you have resources and that's why you have a team with subject matter experts. They're able to get you those answers or you're able to work through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. You said something. You said a word that in the context of business sets bells off for me. You said, when you volunteer to present and the word volunteer in the term of business, that's the word that sets my bells off because we know studies show that women volunteer to do more work in the workplace in other words, don't get paid for, work in the workplace than their male counterparts. And women specifically are volunteering for opportunities inside the business that don't move the business forward. What do you see there? And what are your thoughts around that? And does that sound an alarm for you when I talk about this?
0: I totally understand what you're saying. Because, you know, Things that I read, I see how, like to your point, women volunteer, but many times they're doing things that maybe won't be perceived as really moving the needle for the business. I think that you need to balance working on those kinds of projects with projects that really are going to have a significant impact on the business and that you're going to get that recognition that you deserve and that you really need in order to continue to advance through your company and also through your career. Because some of this, it's not just about, oh, let me get the recognition and the accolades. It's about building the skills and what you need in your toolkit to be able to continue to advance so that you have the capabilities to be able to be If you're looking to do this in the C-suite of an organization one day, I always I say, you know, like when I look back on my experiences, which were with so many amazing people and people who I many I'm fortunate enough to. Still keep in touch with, but it's, I say, I have the black and blues, right? To prove it. It's like I've been through experiences or I've been through, I'll say the mini car crashes where we've learned and we've grown together. But now I look back on those experiences and I leverage them every day so that my organization doesn't have to have the mini car crash. So okay. you need to, you know, volunteer, but either in a way that it will be recognized and visible, and it's going to make an impact, or for something that you are going to augment your skill set. And it's going to make you a better professional. It's going to make you better at the area of business, you know, that you're looking to, to focus on.
1: That's a great piece of advice that it's going to augment your skill set. So it still benefits you. It may not necessarily drive the business forward, but it gives you that skill that you need. This conversation reminds me of a podcast we did a few episodes back with Kate Tonda, where she talks specifically about this topic of where women volunteer for positions and opportunities inside the business and that isn't moving it forward. And so if this topic resonates with you as you're listening, to this, I would encourage you to go back and listen to Kate's podcast, um, where she really digs into that. Robin, that's great. Augmenting your skill set. I love that. This has been a fantastic conversation, and I appreciate that you've joined me today, but also that you joined us at Fierce Lab Live. You were very engaged with our audience and our attendees. Lots of women commented on getting to meet you and connect with you, both live and in person, but they've mentioned that they've continued to build their relationship with you online. And so I just feel grateful that you've chosen to give of yourself to our community. Thank you for that. Before I let you go, I want to make sure that I get the opportunity to ask you our closing question. So the word fierce means different things to different people. And at Fierce Lab Live, we met lots of different women who were sharing what fierce means to them. And Robin, I want you to tell me, what is your definition of fierce? Sure,
0: I would say a few things. It stands for determination. It stands for uh, success, no nonsense, and reducing boundaries.
1: Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about reducing boundaries. What does that mean?
0: How do you find ways to take, you know, there are always going to be obstacles. So how do you find ways to reduce those obstacles, reduce those barriers so that you can accomplish your goals and be what you consider to be successful, which is a personal
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Removing your own barriers so that you can be fierce. That's great. I love it. Robin, thanks for your time today and for joining us. I've enjoyed getting to have this conversation with you.
0: Me too. Tara, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fierce Lab. If you did, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe and maybe share it with a friend. You can always follow us on Instagram at Fearslab.